Spartans! What is your profession? Welcome to Wolverine Nation. I say what I mean, I mean what I say, and I say what needs to be said. Global leader in military combatives. 45 martial arts world titles. Renowned actor, writer, and a malicious warrior with brutally honest opinions. This may step on some people's toes. If it does, then you're a special kind of stupid. (laughs) (laughs) This is America's Sheepdog. Kicking it with the Wolverine. Well, hello, ladies and gentlemen. Here we are again on a Thursday night, welcoming welcoming you to the Legend Show with the one and only Professor Gary Lee, the owner, operator, curator, however you want to say it, founder of the Sport Karate History Museum, protecting the warriors one warrior at a time. And protecting the history also. Professor Gary Lee, are you there? Aloha, Wolverine. How you doing? She you. Doing great, sir. How are you doing? Well, I'm ex- I'm excited just because, you know, I put our platform literally around the world here a couple of days ago and the response has been incredible. And I want to thank you your technical gentleman, Justin, for what you guys have done. Oh, you're Thank you're you welcome. So We're just getting started. Us. And I'd like to tell the people at home, you know, when Professor talks to the Wolverine, he's he's speaking in Hawaiian, and usually when I answer him back, I'm speaking in Cherokee. That's why it sounds different. So we're yeah, actually people actually getting a language class in two separate, uh, you know, languages there also, Professor, by listening to your show. Well, so the real word with me is one word is Ohana. And Ohana in Hawaii is family. To be able to communicate with the family that we created in the 60s, the 70s, the 80s, the 90s, and the early 2000s. And, right. um, and in Cherokee, show, that word is, in Cherokee, that word is Shidanella. And if we could, if any everybody that's uh, on the show tonight, if you could place your place your uh, phones on mute if you're not speaking, so we don't have the background noise, because this thing, this program really picks up sound good. So we need everybody to put place their phones on mute so we can hear uh, Professor, the voices, and the guest. But Professor, it's up to you. You can bring on the first guest. You've got the the talking stick. Well, you know this is pretty cool. I get to introduce a, a good friend, someone that I've known for a long time, and he's history. He comes from the blood and guts era, and that was the era that kind of thought, well, Beyonce they had no equipment. Maybe they wrapped their hands, but but whatever. The bottom line is there was no equipment. It was bare knuckle fighting, and. Uh, he comes from a man that we lost last year, Mr. J. Pat Burleson. And Mr. Burleson had a vision. He put together a world-ranking group of individuals that endorsed him. And tonight's show is about that group and, of course, about the special guest group. And I want to say them because 
They were personal friends. I'm not just saying their name. I had a personal relationship with each one of them, except for one of them, Mr. Steve Armstrong, which I never met. But J. Pat Burleson, rest in peace. Ed Parker, rest in peace. Joe Lewis, rest in peace. Jim Ronan Harrison, rest in peace. Mr. Steve Armstrong, rest in peace. June Guri, rest in peace. Robert Trias, rest in peace. Gene LaBelle, God bless you, Gene, rest in peace. Bob Wall, rest in peace. And now that group, there's only three gentlemen left. I'm sorry, four. Chuck Norris. Alan Steen, Bill Superfoot Wallace, and Dr. Monji. And they're in our prayers every day. Because that group helped change for Karate. And the man that is running that group now, where people can actually get ranked through the process of screening, he's a great fighter himself. He comes from Mr. Burleson. He moved to Oklahoma. I guess in the 70s, we'll talk, maybe in the 80s, well, I'll find out. But he's been in Oklahoma now for about a few years. And he was actually the first, the only Texan to fight on the U.S. team that went to Korea, fight on the world. We'll talk about that, too. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm talking about my dear friend, Jim Butte. Jim, you there? I am, Gary. Thanks for having me tonight. Wow, Jim. It's so nice to have you talk to you. And uh, I hope the introduction was interesting. <laughs> it was interesting, and, and it was complete, too. Uh, I think you hit the nail on the head. Uh, Master Burleson's uh, vision uh, was something that he established back in the 80s. And he got endorsements from all of those men that you mentioned uh, while they were living. Uh, to allow him to use their names as part of the World Martial Arts Ranking Association so that uh, people who uh, would seek to get um, ranking certificates on an advanced level uh, would be able to have the credibility of those icons uh, to back the fact that they had actually earned a rank and had the endorsement from those uh, icons and heroes that uh, we all know in the martial arts. Well, you know... Jim, we're doing something very special in October, actually October 6th. Mr. Mike Stone is getting recognized from that group, the Texas Animals, and the History General. Now, Mike hasn't been promoted in 60 years, Jim. I mean, all these years, he just said, I'm a showdown. Even at the grand opening, he emphasized to me, Gary, I'm just a show don. But you know what? If anybody deserves a high don rank in this community that we have, Jim, it'd be Mike Stone. And for him to come in from the film, just to our event to share that, and you to recognize him through your group, that to me is very, very special. Now, Yeah, well, that is that year, is special. Yes, yes, it is. <clears throat> now, what year did yeah. you make what vote, Jim? What year? Uh, 19, was it June the 2nd? 30? Yeah, June, 40? June, June, <laughs> uh, 
June the 2nd of 1968 was when I uh, tested for first-degree black belt under Pat Burleson. And uh, at, at that time in that era, uh, the only 10th degrees that were even existing in uh, martial arts were the uh, founders or originators of styles and systems. And so there was, not, uh, there was never an effort to even consider uh, that you individually might be able to achieve that type of high rank. So as things have progressed, uh, things are different now than they were back in the the 60s and 70s. And uh, so there's been some changes and some growth and some differences. And some some of the guys are old school, and I understand why Mike Stone would uh, uh, probably carry that same idea or attitude and uh, feel like, hey, that's uh, I, I'm not deserving of it, even though he is. Uh, when I was a white belt reading in magazines, uh, karate magazines, I was reading about Mike Stone and the fact that uh, uh, he was undefeated and that he was uh, smacking people and putting them on the ground. And uh, he has the, high, the highest respect from all of the guys that you had mentioned earlier uh, that, uh, that nobody wanted to dance with Mike Stone. It was, uh, yeah. He was just hardcore and the real deal. Well, it was brutal, but you know what? Mike is one of the sweetest men I've ever met, Jim. I mean, he, I mean, just what how he's been through the years and how he supported me and he talked to me. I, I just, I don't. I mean, I can understand him being brutal and being the type of fighter that people told me he was. But as far as he is, I mean, God, he's been living on an island. For forty years, he's got to be sweet by now. <laughs> but uh, you know what? Let me ask you another question. How did you get on the U.S. Taekwondo team? How'd that go about? Yeah, nineteen seventy-three, <laughs> May of seventy-three was the uh, the year and the date, uh, the month for the first World Taekwondo Championships. There were qualifying events that were held around the country. Uh, there was one in Dallas. And uh, I got to uh, compete in that along with uh, Roy Kerbin, uh, Roger uh, Carpenter, uh, just a, a ton of people that were there, Demetrius Vanis. People were there to compete for the opportunity to be on that team. And uh, I was uh, selected to go to it. And uh, there was uh, it was broken into two teams. One was an East Coast team and one was a West Coast team. And uh, I was on the East Coast team with the with the real stars, Mike Warren from Washington, from the Washington D.C. area, jumping Joe Warren. Hayes. Yeah, yeah, Mike Mike Warren was one of the most most he was one of the most talented karate men I've ever been around. And I fought Joe Lewis, uh, Jeff Smith, Howard Jackson, Joe Lewis. Uh, Bill Wallace, uh, all the great guys I've, I've been around with, John Atividad. And so, yeah, he, he was definitely special. And, and Joe Hayes, Albert Cheeks, um, they were also on that team God, with me. In fact, I was me go I, crazy in love because all those days. Now, I want to ask yeah. you, who was your toughest opponent? Uh, well, the, you know, I, like, like who was your toughest? Yeah, opponent? like. Like Bill Wallace would say, everybody. <laughs> but uh, I, uh, I I felt there was some really hard guys. And, and Fred Wren, even though he got a lot of notoriety, yeah. he's still one of the one of the guys that maybe, uh, even though he was ranked number one uh, one year in the uh, professional karate rankings, uh, he was he made me into a man. Uh, the first time I fought Fred Wren, I beat him. Uh, Chuck Norris was the center referee, and I won. It was a two point match to win. And I might have got the points, but he beat the crap out of me. 
uh, and uh, and I won the match. Uh, the next time I fought him, I ran from him. I was in fear of my life. And uh, after I lost that match, I was fighting for the first place in the U.S. championships. Uh, I was disappointed because I was scared. I was disappointed because I had my tail between my legs, and I was I told myself I would never let that happen again. And the third time I fought him was in Houston, Texas, uh, in uh, George Minshew's uh, tournament in the Karate Olympics. I took second place to Fred, but I hit him with a turning back kick and took his air out. And I stopped him cold, and I could tell that he was human. And then I decided that, hey, I can win. I lost that match. I took second place, but I I had gained back my self-respect. And the last time I fought him was in 1970 at Takeyuka tournament in uh, New Orleans, and I won. I, I beat uh, Fred, and I felt like I controlled the match. So uh, I, I say that when Fred Wren made me into a man, he took me from being a, a, a scared uh, young teenager to being able to face anybody in the world. And uh, so cool. I have to thank him for, for that experience. Well, you know what? He, he's, he's come to a couple of the legends and it's really was a joy because I know his history through Mr. Harrison and the stories that have been told me about him. His nickname was Whirlwind. Did you have a nickname? Did uh, you, a you know, Mike Mike Anderson drew, had a picture of me fighting John Nativity. I, I hit John with a, a nice kick to the head in Special Karate Magazine, and he said it was straight shooting mutant. And I kind of thought, hey, that's that's kind of cool. I love that. I love that. <laughs> but I, love that. but I think it, I think that I think that faded away. I don't think anybody else appreciated. Well, we got to bring that back. And we're gonna, <laughs> you know what? It's very cool. I know you're coming. Well, I gotta ask you one more question. What about the sideburns? What's the deal with the sideburns? I mean, they were down to golly bones. They were cool. Well, I mean, well, you know, I, I I I wasn't very effective at growing mustaches and beards, so the sideburns <laughs> I could do. So uh, at that time, yeah. that was like uh, like eighteen. Uh, I like I said, my black belt. I made that in uh, in sixty eight. I was eighteen. So eighteen and nineteen sideburns were about all I could put on there. So. I was able to grow well, those you, in abundance. Why did you move from Texas to Oklahoma? What made you well, move? I, yeah, I, well, I had a karate school in Denton, Texas. That uh, I graduated from North Texas State University in 1970. And I had a school there that I had started. And so it was kind of a fledgling, maybe a one-year uh, uh, school that I had. And then Mike Anderson contacted me from Oklahoma City. He had four schools up here, and he was in need of having somebody manage uh, all four of the schools. And so I uh, I kind of weighed my options of staying in uh, in Denton, Texas, in a much smaller town, to come to Oklahoma City to be a part of a much bigger enterprise. And I made, uh, made the move in 1973 and worked for him for about a year, and then I bought the, uh, the association, the, the corporation, in 74 uh, and took it over. Well, the school that... I had this seminar and you hosted me and stuff. Was it the main school out of the four? Yeah, I, I had uh, four studios here, and I had uh, I, I really was a white belt in business for forty years. Uh, uh, okay. I didn't uh, understand much about uh, discount financing and uh, all the membership things that were going on in the world, and and how to really yeah. run one school, much less four. So I, I was kind of like uh, on-the-job training for me because I was uh, 
making mistakes and learning from them. And uh, Mike Anderson was not much of a help. He was entrenched in the professional karate magazine and setting up these professional events around the country. And so I didn't get much guidance from him uh, other than just the uh, brief meetings that we had during the week uh, whenever he could find some time. So uh, yeah. it was uh, quite quite well, a uh, quite a Mike deal for me to uh, to work it out. Mike Anderson, he was a gentleman that created top ten, and he also created a yes. professional karate magazine. And the yes. I think the first ratings that were really authentic. And uh, yes, Mike is he's he's playing golf in Florida now, right? He's in Florida. Yeah, I believe he's in Florida. He, he, the rumor is he's got a, uh, a a hotel or something like that on the beach, and he's living the dream. I don't know. I don't know if all that's true. I've never been to it. Well, you know, I remember back in the day, the Professional Karate Magazine was the magazine that everybody read because they realized oh, the yes. were real and and it was cool. Now, one more thing, all right, Jim, I got to ask you. What is the future of what we're going to do with the W, you know, with the World Ranking Association? What do you want to do with it? What's the future? Well, we're we're doing we're doing some things now. We're putting together newsletters and we're sending out. There's basically four over fourteen hundred uh, members that uh, have been uh, in the WMARA at least in receiving rank uh, consideration and recognition uh, from Pat Burleson when he was alive. And we've had, uh, since I've taken it over, I've been trying to reach out and try to develop uh, a, a, uh, a format for the WMARA that people can uh, be a part of. We have uh, regular memberships that they can join on. We have affiliate memberships where, uh, whereby uh, several people are uh, referring other members to us and getting a rebate from those memberships to compensate them for their efforts for building the organization. Uh, we have a advanced ranking board that we have, which includes like Troy Dorsey and Steve Parks and Anna Burleson, Chance Burleson, a lot of the uh, uh, people that were involved in his organization at the time that would oversee who is qualified and who's not to be able to receive any higher rank. We're doing background checks on uh, any candidate. And uh, with approval, then we will set up a, a date for them to take their exam, and they have three options. One option is to go to the Burleson Dojo in Azle, Texas, and do live testing in front of Anna Burleson and the other directors that would be present. Another option is to go ahead and have a Zoom testing where it would be done by video on uh, through a computer where we would uh, have three or four uh, of the ranking directors uh, watching their video performance and grading them online, uh, and then the other one would be other option would be to have a director or or directors come to their facility wherever they are across the United States to be tested at their dojo or in their venue if they wanted to do it at a uh, a gymnasium or where, wherever they felt it would be effective. Uh, then we can uh, we can have their testing performed in that manner. Uh, we're we're not it's not a mom and pop deal it's not a, uh, a good old boy everybody's going to pass type of thing we have a ranking structure all the way to 10th degree black belt uh, of requirements that uh, have to be met 
for them to uh, be able to receive this ranking. So we're not handing it out like candy, like you do, like you see some people doing. Uh, we we have a structure where we're just not giving it away. They, uh, it has to be something that is uh, qualified. Yeah, that you know what I, I'll share it with you. I mean, I was, you know, because you're my friend. When I got it from Mr. Brosa, it was early 2000, and Mr. Harrison and Mr. Brosa gave me that 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 certificate. I really I broke down and I cried, Jim, because I realized I realized those men I mentioned just names. They're guys that really set the standard for everything that we do, and we were part of that. And you know, you were part of it, heavy duty. Because you were out there fighting all those incredible people that you mentioned. And you know what? Sure. One last thing, Jim. One last thing, buddy. I want to tell you how much I appreciate the fact that you believe in what I've done. Because you've been to quite a few gatherings and legends. I wanted to ask you, when you see all your friends and some people who maybe you haven't seen in a long time, or maybe you never met, Well, it's a great opportunity for me, uh, Gary, to be around uh, the, the people that we've already been talking about. And, uh, of course, I am from Texas, so I always told myself I was going to get back there someday to live. But uh, as it turned out, I'm, I'm too entranced where I am. I don't see that that's a possibility. But I'm always eager and excited to come to your event because it is such a gathering of, uh, of the top people that uh, I have known for 50 years uh, from that area, from the Fort Worth, Dallas area, and then further south. So there's just a, a lot of people that I get to see, and uh, I am very highly appreciative of the effort that you've put in to develop the Sport Karate Museum to give those people and myself uh, the credibility and the uh, opportunity to be recognized for the efforts and the things that we did. Otherwise, it would just be swept under the rug. And if you hadn't done it, if you didn't put that deal together, I don't think anybody would have. And I think my fear is I know we're all going to die, and uh, and I am and you am. <laughs> and, so, uh, and I'm worried who's going to keep this thing going in the event that Gary Lee uh, well, goes under as uh, well. Well, my son Gary is kicking ass. Him. I mean, he's really, you know, I mean, you know, you remember when Garrett performed at Mr. Bowler's funeral and, you know, he did yes. Kata. Well, let me tell you the story. I'll tell you the story. When Mr. Burleson came to the event, you know, the, the that was the last event he was actually there publicly. He actually come up to his room, doesn't matter how what time it was. So I, I, I closed the event a little early, like 930. And I went up there, and he said, Gary, and I, I lost it. He says, Gary, I want, I want Garrett to perform at my funeral. And I lost it, Jim. I really did. And uh, I said, yes, sir, I'll do it. What's your favorite song? He said, It's a Wonderful World by Louis Armstrong. So Garrett came to the house, because I'm still in the hospital bed. And he worked on that kata that performed at the funeral for like three hours. We worked on it. I, I drilled him. And, you know, we did that for Mr. Burleson because he asked. And, you know, God bless you, Jim Newton, because you're part of the history that gives me goosebumps. And I love talking about 
the guys we just talked about. And I love talking to you. You don't go anywhere, okay? Because I'm going to bring you back, and we're going to play the Legends name game. This is where I'll say a name. Okay. And you get to talk about them, okay, a little bit. So I'll be right back with you, okay? That'll be great. Super. I'm going to get to talk back over to Wolverine, okay? He's got to introduce the voices. Wolverine, he is a talking stick, buddy. All righty, sir. Well, I'll tell you what, the interview's going great. A lot of a lot of legends mentioned, a lot of knowledge just in the first part of the show, Professor. But at this time, you know, it's time for you to bring on the voices. So we have to, you know, because we need to hear what, what they got to say about their topic for tonight. So the talking stick is back to you, yep, sir. sir. Well, thank you, Wolverine. Well, you know, Part of the Legends show is put together opinions of various people around the country that are authentic and know the knowledge of sport karate. And tonight we have a very interesting subject, but I'll introduce some voices. The first one is a lady of the group. She is a PKL champion, trained in Shoru. Karate hung out with people like <laughs> Peter Irvin and a lot of crazy people. She's an old timer, but I love her. She's basically black belt and <laughs> underneath the Sport Karate Museum. She'll be at the event in October doing a Tai Chi seminar with her Kung Fu. With that said, I want to bring on my friend, my sister, my auntie, Sharon Flasher. <laughs> Hey, Uncle Gary. Hi. How are what you? What a great show. What a great show. I mean, I love oh, what, talking to Jim Butte. I what a thrill. Him. What a thrill. I knew his name from way back. And so just to hear him talk for me was just like going back in time to the magazines, just good old magazines that really kept us going. It was wonderful. Well, you're right. And, you know, tonight you heard me mention quite a few days in the beginning of the show. And mm-hmm. a lot of people, they never met these people. And that's, you know, the, the part that hits me in my heart, Karen, the only person I never met out of that group was Steve Armstrong. And he, you, may, you remember Steve Armstrong? He was the one they used for being the head arbitrator for all the major tournaments. Trius, Robert Trius from the USKA, was using him for all the major tournaments back in the day. Wow. And, and uh, I mean, the other guys were, I can say it, they were personal friends, people that either adopted me or knew me or I knew them. And how do you feel about the history of icons, heroes? Uh, and, I, I have had so much experience. Uh, dealing with the the older gentlemen because to me if if they're around I have to go talk to them I have to go sit down and just say hi and you had an effect on my life and it means so much to them but I can remember many times with uh, Master Urban Grandmaster Urban nobody showed up on Christmas Day for him or uh, he didn't have friends he had student and actually he he wasn't very friendly <laughs> you know he didn't just want people hanging around but he loved it you know i can do show up with food. Karen. 
You realize that? I've been told. Let me take. Let me hit you with this. I'm making scary nightmare. That's why he talked. That's just like he talked, didn't it? Yep. It yep. <laughs> and he loved. Funny. He'd love if you stopped by and brought him food or asked him questions. He used to sit and talk to me about what it was like uh, living <clears throat> in the cone of a submarine under underwater for weeks at a time. And do you know yeah. he spoke eight languages? He was no. uh, uh Yes. And and he used to be the one that inter- he had to listen all day to the, all the messages, and then he had to interpret them and send them back out. And he would be there four or five days in a row, and then he would come out and go over and train with uh, Yamaguchi Sensei. And well, he, you know, he, we're, we're talking about history. Let's talk about the fact that he went to Japan. He was his history black belt, and Yamaguchi said no. And he came no, back he to had America. Yeah. He, he he made his seventh. Anyway, he came back to America and he formed a uh what was it? American Gojo. Saga. The saga. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, USA uh, Gojo. Yeah. And Wilfredo Rodon and Musso Ago and oh, so yeah. many people got involved. And you know, Frank Ruiz when he was the great Frank when he was Ruiz, down and out. Nisi Goju guy. You know, and then I got to meet, uh, you ever heard of Julio Lemus? He was an EC Goju guy, too. Good Coptic guy. He, he wasn't Nisei. He was Osaga. You know, the, uh, the Nisei came after that. That was Oh, him. okay. Okay. Yeah, he was, so Nisei he was Osaga. was the second style. Second okay. generation, yeah. Okay. So okay. yeah, he he was an amazing man, but he he was very lonely because of his so many eccentricities. He wore people out. And, was he and married? A, uh, yes and no. Um, he was divorced. He was divorced. But he would tell me stories of what it was like to try to take care of his sick wife in New, in New York, and what he had to do after class. He would go out and do massage on the prostitutes to make money to pay for his daughter and his wife's medicine. So he did, you know, he had stories like that. So many wonderful stories that only they can tell and they they don't feel that anybody wants to hear them. But to me, that was his blood. That was everything. And yeah. uh, I, my, I had one teacher who was dying, uh, not a Saraswati. I, I adored that man. He was in Florida and I would call him every day. And Somebody started posting pictures of him with uh, of this person his, uh, with my teacher. All kinds of happy pictures. And I called him later. I said, that's really nice. He came by to see you. He said, yeah, he was there for five minutes. He needed me to sign his certificate and take a picture. And that was it. I got to go and left him there. And this is what happens to so many of the old, the old men that are alone. Yeah. They gave their whole life to karate. And then at the end... If if they've got if, if you can sign a certificate for them, then they still like you. But it's very hard. I mean, there a lot of us take care of our teachers. I'm not saying everybody, but there have been some that I brought them home with me. <laughs> I couldn't stand it. Come on, and uh, they would stay with me for a while until they were in better shape. Well, thank you for sad. your your opinion and also your wisdom. Carrie, you have a great evening, okay? Okay, you too. Ladies and gentlemen, 
Karen Clatcher of The Voices. Now, moving right along, this young man, Charlie Bum, he's not young anymore. I think he's pushing 50 or something. Anyway, I've known him since he was a young man, since he was an orange belt. Now he's one of the top-ranking black belts in the state of Texas. Not only because he's a great fighter and won the Golden Greek over five times, he is also the president of the AOK, the largest sport karate association in the state of Texas. He runs a super successful karate dojo in Houston. And this weekend, he's having his international karate tournament. And I want to bring on my friend. My friend, uh, he is, no matter what people say, David Chambers. <laughs> David, D.E., you there, buddy? I am all here. Well, I, I'm getting my introductions better. <laughs> and I'm listening to it, getting excited. I was about to ask who that was, but I do. But I do. I'm glad that you mentioned about this weekend because we have a beautiful seminars and beautiful things happening this weekend. I know you got your tournament over 30 years, right? Yes, it's the 32nd anniversary. Anniversary. We are, we real wow. pleased with it. That's that's pretty amazing. Now you have a five star rating from the Sport Karate Museum, and uh, we 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 help sponsor your event. And people can go to www.sportkaratemuseum archives a r c h i v e s dot com and go to the new events page and read all about the international. Now, where's it going to be at this year, D? Where's it located? <clears throat> a friend of mine, a friend of mine, educated me and shared it'd be a good idea for me to do it at West Chase Marriott, and I really appreciate that, friend, because it looks pretty good. Well, the West Chaseman is a five-star hotel, and Mr. Yeah. Greenblatt, who owns it, he's a great guy, and he's going to take care of the state championship and the international That's and true. the legends this year. The so legends, we're have yeah. a great event there. Now, let's go back to the question at, on the top of your head. Well, before I, before I go back to the questions, I want to thank okay. the, the legends. For, uh, for the gold watch they're giving for the grand champion. So I want to thank them for that because I get to give out the gold watch as a yep. and have people seated for uh, uh, the legends. So I'm excited about that. Yeah, your grand champion will be seated in Cotter Ward, which was invented by Judge Roy Kerman and Tadashi Yamashita. And it's been yeah. running for six years. And basically, it's invitational only. You have to have a hundred first places to be invited, unless you win a five-star event, the international. So oh. yes, we we are a big big advocate of your event. <laughs> now, thank you. I want to go back to the question: How important is it that we honor the 
icons and heroes and mentors while they're here or after they're gone or both. And you just recently lost your instructor, the great Grandmaster Fred Simon. My dear friend, your instructor for many years. So tell me, Dee, how do you feel about keeping those guys in everybody's face? My my instructor passed, but I did not lose my instructor. My, uh, I did not lose him at all. My instructor is right here. He's uh, he's performing here. He's he's inspiring us, the people here. Uh, I am excited about what he left in the building to make sure things keep going on. Uh, we get the opportunity to praise the ones that gave us this opportunity. So it's most imperative. It is the utmost that we keep the legacy going strong. And in doing so, this is how we respect the art. If we don't actually understand the past, it is no way we're going to be able to walk strong in the future. You know, it's just not how it's done. Uh, uh, We can create new styles every day. That is a possibility, I'm sure. But I'm under the Grandmaster Great Junry. The lineage, because the next person is great grandmother Simon, and then that's my instructor. So what I am is, I'm excited about the opportunity to say yes, without a doubt. If it wasn't for this individual, the livelihood I have, I wouldn't have. The opportunity to raise people to another another level wouldn't be there. So there's no such thing as having any other option but to put them on a pedestal that they belong, to continue with them, and that's what I'm going to do. Wise words. Thank you so much, Dee. Thank you for being a friend of the Sport Karate Museum, and thank you for what you do for our community and running the AOK and doing your tournament and caring about what you do. It really means a lot. So, you have a good evening. One thing I want to okay. mention on that before I, before I leave you, we are giving away the first scholarship, and it's under the name of Grandmaster Fred Simon. We're giving out the first wow. AOK scholarship. And I do say this, we're giving out three more this year, and anybody is eligible for it. So if they send an email to uh, northsidekarate.org, uh, you know, we are giving, as long as you are trying to, Increase your education as long as you are somehow, some way, helping the martial arts, then you're eligible for this, uh, this scholarship that we're giving out. So, once again, there's a way to keep the name legacy alive. Well, again, thank you. I'm looking forward to your booth in October for the AOK. I'm excited about the Super Business yeah. Show. So, God bless you, D. God bless you, buddy. You take care, okay? Thank, thank you, sir. You bet. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to bounce to the lower part, well, the upper part of California. <laughs> I guess this is Oregon. I hope, I, I forget. Anyway, this guy is amazing. He has taken the webpage of the Sport Card Museum and turned it into a, an encyclopedia of knowledge. Really, really has. It's amazing. 
and he'll tell you all about it. And I want to bring him on because I know he has a very, very, well, he's, he's very smart. He's smarter than the average bear. I want to bring on Professor Tom Feldman. Tom, are you there, sir? <laughs> yes, I'm out of my cave and, and ready ready to perform. There you go. I mean, I was trying to introduce you, but I got tied up because I know you're an animal. You know. <laughs> ah, so yeah. Well, there you are. Yeah, bear is right. That that's my animal. You're right. You bet. Well, yeah. Why don't you explain a little bit more about the museum? I want to ask you, Tom, because you come from the old school. How important is it that we pay respect and keep? The elders, you know, you know, we reach out to them now while they're here, and also, I guess after they're gone. I mean, we just tell me how you feel about it, buddy. Okay, well, I'll accept the talking stick and and give my piece. Uh, since time immemorial, the stories of great men and women have been recorded and handed down, on, drawn on temple walls, scribed on papyrus. Handwritten and painted in vibrant colors such as the Book of Kells and eventually printed in bound books for us to own and, and cherish personally. Classic tales have been standards in academia such as Homer, the story of Leonidas and the Spartan 300, Joan of Arc, Abe Lincoln from a log cabin to an historical presidential figure in our country's history, and the list goes on. These stories have inspired us, emboldened us, and often moved us to action. For instance, did you know... Uh, that the great baseball star Mickey Mantle was offered an Oklahoma football scholarship while he was in high school. His football playing uh, nearly ended his athletic career, however. In his sophomore year, he was kicked on the left shin during a practice game, and he developed osteomyosis, uh, which is an infectious disease that is was incurable just a few years earlier for him in this left ankle. Mantle's parents drove him at midnight to Oklahoma City, where he was treated at the Children's Hospital with the newly available penicillin, believe it or not, which reduced the infection and saved his leg from amputation. Had that not been available, had it not happened, well, doggone it, we would have never seen him on the mound and never seen him, rather, on the, on the, uh, the baseball diamond. Closer to home, did you know that grappling demigod Judo Jean LaBelle's mother was named Redhead Eileen Eaton, and she owned the Olympic Auditorium in Los Angeles and promoted both boxing and professional wrestling matches at the Olympic. Jean began catch wrestling at age seven and eventually graduated the study of judo, which is what we know him for. Jean achieved his black belt and went to Japan for further training and returned to the U.S. to compete as a heavyweight during the middle 1950s and won the heavyweight and overall AAU National Judo Championship back home. He ran the professional wrestling business uh, uh, in the Los Angeles area out of the Olympic uh, Auditorium for years and competed in the first professional multi-fighting arts contest as a grappler versus boxer, which he won. He graduated to wrestling, coaching, teaching, and had a prestigious stunt work uh, career in movies and TV. And the list of his students reads like a who's who of the movie, TV, and sports stars throughout the world. Now, in addition, we know due to Professor Gary's stories in print and on air about his mentor and sword instructor, Mako. 
Did you realize that as a performer, Mako's movie credits included 88 features, of which he earned at least one Academy Award Best Supporting Actor nomination for the movie Sand Pebbles in 1966. He was also very active on the small screen, the TV, and logged in 88 TV appearances, many of which shows he had repeated roles, uh, like on uh, the uh, uh, Green Hornet fighting uh, Bruce Lee. In TV, he played many, many best, including he fought against many, many of the fighting greats, like Bruce Lee, episodes of MASH, and on uh, Walker, Texas Ranger, and a whole lot more. Mako also had a live theater uh, performance and uh, career, earning him Tony nomination for Best Actor in a Musical, believe it or not, uh, in a, uh, a musical called Pacific Overtures. Perhaps one of his favorite projects was being one of the founding members of the East-West Players, a group that sought recognition for the Oriental acting community and for all the contributions that it made to the arts over the years. With all this, Mako also managed to create voices for many animated characters throughout his acting career as well. Now, all that we know about our heroes that made them the people we grew to, uh, that they grew to star status and in many cases influenced us to pursue our own martial arts uh, helped us to uh, appreciate more their journey and their own challenges and at times defeats along the way. Without their backstories, many fans today would only know that Chuck Norris starred in uh, you know, Walker, Texas Ranger, and not realize he was a pioneer in sport karate competition and an early world, and many of his other accomplishments in society, such as the Kickstart program. The information I mentioned about Judo Dean LaBelle and Mako are now in a larger, more detailed form on the website, and can be viewed by going to the Sport Karate Museum Archives Treasures portion page and read more, much more about these characters and so many others that have formed us and has made uh, our, our, our community strong and that we, we will outlive you know, each individual because the stories will be told. And as long as the stories are told, a person never dies, truly because those stories live on and make sure that we know them. So go to the page, enjoy the page at the uh, Museum archives.com and go through it. And um, in a few minutes, I'll be talking about some of the places you can find things so that you'll be able to find it easily, but it's all there. Don't delay, go there today and have fun and enjoy it and dream your dreams. And with that, I give back my stick. Well, thank you so much, Professor. So much information, and I, I appreciate it so much. And now I'm going to give a talking stick back over to uh, Wolverine. Wolverine, here you go, buddy. All right. Thank you, Professor. All right. Well, so far, that, I mean, we've got a lot of great information that the voices have came up with. And um, right now, Professor, what we want to do is, is take a little break to introduce some of the things that we have going on, some of the upcoming events and things of that nature. So uh, at this time, I'd like to bring on Mr. Spellman to talk about um, the website. Mr. Spellman, you have the stick, sir. Thank you, sir. Yeah, uh, to go a little bit farther in what I was talking about a moment ago, 
tonight's show will include different subjects and different things that are on the website. For instance, we'll be hearing uh, from uh, uh, Lee about the Set VR, and it has a page of its own with a button that you can go directly to the uh, page online for your convenience and learn about it and sign up and do all of the things that if you're interested in that. In the upcoming events page, we have the Houston International 30, 32nd Annual Tournament on May 13th uh, there in Houston, and this has already been mentioned with DE Chamber being the man of the hour with that, October 19th, uh, or excuse me, over to, uh, May 13th this weekend. So don't forget that if you're in the area, or if you're not in the area, get on over there. And you can go to the page in the upcoming and find the buttons where you can sign up and you can find all, all the details and information. And there's also uh, the U.S. Martial Arts Film Festival on October 19th to the 22nd in Scottsdale that will probably be mentioned later in the show. That information is also available uh, in that particular upcoming event, and you have a button to go to wherever you want to do. And, of course, as spoken with um, Grandmaster Jim Buton, the World uh, Martial Arts Ranking uh, Association is also there under the World Ranking page that we have. It's only one of two that is recognized by the uh, museum for the uh, legitimate ranking and, and uh, superlative service to the community. And so you definitely want to take a look at that and learn more about it. And there's a button where you can go and learn more online about the information. And remember, www.sportkaratemuseumarchives.com. You know, take it, set it up on your, your phone or your computer so you can go to it and visit it regularly because we've got brand new uh, treasures up now that have gone up in the last few days and more to come in the short, short term. So please take a look at those and enjoy. And with that, I give back the stick to you, sir. All right, Professor, well, now you can bring you, on any of your – yeah, go ahead. Bring on your, your uh, people that you want to talk to. Thank you, Wolverine. Uh, well, we've got a couple of people that we do feature every week on the Legends show. And the first person is just someone really has been instrumental in changing the idea of what they call virtual reality. They've invented, and we have – the Cohen bit on the show here in a minute. A virtual reality platform where a hologram will attack you and beat you up unless you can defend yourself properly and learn the reaction of something coming at you. But most importantly, they've given the platform to the Sport Friday Museum so we can build history general portal. We can do profiles on every one of the history generals. But with that said, I want to bring on, like I said, the co-inventor of this incredible platform. He's a medical doctor. We call him Dr. Reginald Lee. I call him Reggie. Reggie? Good evening, sir. How's everyone today? Good evening, Reggie. Now, tell people exactly what is VR and where can they go to learn sure about thing. it? Sure thing. With Set VR, you will not be outside looking into our program. With Set VR self defense enhancement training and virtual reality, you'll be actually be immersed, immersed 360 degrees into a program. 
a simulation program whereby a hologram will attack you when you least expect it with sudden and random attacks. Just like with a simulation program in the military, a simulation program in the police department, this is a simulation program in self-defense for martial arts. We've chosen a dark alleyway where bad things usually happen. A hologram will get into your personal space prior to the sudden attack to create an adrenaline effect. It's during this adrenaline surge, the fight or flight mode is whereby one would normally have a momentary pause where one would lose at least 35, 40, or even 50% of what they've been taught and whereby utilizing muscle memory or reflex response is your only best recourse to engage and to neutralize the attacker. A metaphor, placing your hand on a hot stove. You remove your hand from the hot stove because of reflex. And this is what the program is meant to do, is to train you to develop that reflex response. This program is also used as a tool, a tool to practice the art of movement, the art of Thai sabaki, to move angular, linear, or circular, to give you that cutting edge advantage against an attacker, to give you the opportunity to win the, 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 the engagement in regard to neutralizing your attacker. We've had a, we have a demonstration of this program on Professor Garley's website, where you can also be can also be seen on the platform of Dr. John Kerry's United States Hall of Fame platform as well. With the Oculus Quest or Oculus Rift headset, you'll be transported into a virtual platform whereby a hologram will confront and attack you when you least expect it against random attacks. The goal of set VR is to neutralize the attack that is sudden, unpredictable, and random. To practice and improve your skills in evasion through angular, linear, or circular movement. To avoid and place you in an opportunity position of advantage of neutralization. To practice to improve your skills in timing, speed, and accuracy. To develop muscle memory. And subsequently, my goal is to develop a reflex response to a threat or stimulus. To neutralize without hesitation, just as I mentioned, is placing your hand on a hot stove to develop a reflex response. This is a program whereby you can practice and utilize what you've been taught in cognitive form in a program of application against a random attack, against a stimulus to practice anytime, anywhere, when you want. We've implemented a program of mindfulness, of stretching, meditation exercise, and we'll also present you with your own personal yoga instructor. Continue, please continue to visit us at our website at setvr.app. That's S-E-T-V-R.app. We continue to be proud to endorse Professor Gary Lee and the Sports Karate Museum to be the future platform of his vision of the Sports Karate Museum and virtual reality, which we, we have introduced Professor Gary Lee as the wisdom warrior at the gate of the history portal. Before meeting the wisdom warrior, one must neutralize the hologram attacker at the gate of the history portal and then be brought into the courtyard to meet the core history generals. That being said, Professor Gary Lee, some few words about your vision of Sports Karate Museum and virtually with Set VR. Well, we wanted to start with a core group that would open up the doors so that we could eventually put every history general into the platform. And the four people that we chose were instrumental in bringing Sport Karate to America. And not in any particular order, Judge Roy Kerbin, the man that brought the two-point kick rule to the world. George Vinci, the first man to give a gold ring in open competition. Chris Vinci, 
and the old world champion. Mr. Mike Dillard, owner of Black Belt Magazine and Century Martial Arts Supply, the largest sport karate association as far as manufacturing there is in the world. But those four people that you'll learn about their profile then will open up the doors for other history generals to setvr.app. Now, people who want to look at it, remember, go to Google. Just type in setvr.app. Or just go to our webpage. We have a thing in the menu that says setvr. Real simple. And you can see what people are talking about. Because first reality is here. It's reality where it's not only fun and entertaining, it's very educational. And you'll be there in October, Reggie, with the other owner, Rick Shanahan, with the headset. And people can have private lessons with you, and you're going to have an open demonstration where people can actually put on the headset. So we're excited about you coming to Texas in October. God bless you, Reggie. God bless you, buddy. Thank you, sir. Thank you for having us on the show. You're welcome. Now, I'm going to give the talk to sit back over to Wolverine where we can do the last person of the voices, which I'm excited to introduce. Wolverine, here's the talk to stick, buddy. Thank you, sir. Everything sounds good. We got a lot of good information on that little uh, commercial break. Um, and uh, now, Professor, go ahead and bring on your last guest of the voices, I mean. Go ahead and bring on the well, last voice, I should say. Well, the, you know, Mr. James Morris, he's, he's on a trip, so he's going to be back next week. But the next gentleman is a, he's my hero. He's also an American hero. Ladies and gentlemen, he's a Marine. But you know what's really cool about this man? He worked at Black Belt Magazine when the likes of Joe Lewis, Chuck Norris, and Bruce Lee walked the halls. He was the bodyguard of many of the celebrities in the Hollywood realm in the 70s. And you know what really made this gentleman very personal? He came up with an idea to bring a community together, and he created the Black Karate Federation, the BKF. And he became the president, and he co-founded it with two other gentlemen, Ron Chappelle and Cliff Stewart, rest in peace. And together, they formed one of the largest associations, organizations, in the country. And, you know, I've got him on the show every week. And I'm so proud to introduce him. I get to talk to him two or three times a week other than the show because he's a fighter, ladies and gentlemen. He's an animal, and I love this dude. Uncle Jerry? Well, I call him Uncle Jerry, but he's Jerry Smith. Jerry Smith, you there, sir? Yes, sir, I certainly am. Well, I want to explain why I call you uncle. You're not really my uncle, but you, you're a family. And in Hawaii, when we say uncle, we mean family. And that's why I feel I have become to you because of our, our relationship and, 
Tech Man can get any Joe Lewis's flat belt that Joe gave you. I mean, we got put into a Hall of Fame together, the Kimball Hall of Fame. I mean, you and I, we could tap dance together, I bet. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, you are a legend, sir. And I'm not just saying that you're on the phone or on the radio show. You're an icon. So I wanted to ask you, how important it is that we honor your friends, the icons, the heroes, not just in the Sport Friday Museum, but like on this radio show. How do you feel about it, Jerry? Well, uh, I've thought about this subject quite a bit after you told me, explained to me what it was going to be. And one of the things that I want to say, when I came back from Okinawa as a black belt, you know, and I thought I was pretty hot stuff because I got my black belt on Okinawa, but I really didn't understand, uh, you know, the fighting method completely. And I was introduced to a world champion, Joe Lewis. And he taught me uh, what's called 25 basic fighting principles. This is like in the late 60s, I would say. And at the time, of course, he was studying with Bruce Lee. And um, I, you know, I, I actually never fought in a karate tournament. And with what this man taught me, it was to, to look at a combat fighting art uh in a different way and um and how it and and how it all ties together uh, you know the um, and what i did is i took that twin, those 25 basic fighting principles and broke them down into a method a method is uh something that kind of can apply to any uh system uh, of training you have physical technical mechanical academic and psychological level. And that's my contribution to what my instructor taught me. With what he taught me, I was able to uh, become rated in the, in the top ratings of Black Belt Magazine and the top uh, five fighters in my division. You don't go up against fighters like uh, Benny the Jet and uh, Al DeCascos and um, and Bong Yu, and some of the great fighters, you know, I mean, that was, and it was wonderful, and I loved it, and I eventually went on to become a trainer, and I trained uh, some great champions, you know, great fighters, international champions, and uh, a couple of world champions as well, and I I hope I can explain this on the radio, over the radio, because I'm going to share it with you. You know, under one of the levels, of uh, critical distance and set point. Now, I want you to imagine this. What if you could use your opponent's psychological level against him to appear much faster than you really are? Because every fighter has a mile per hour speed. And, uh, uh, but what my instructor taught me was something about passive conflict which I'm going to share with you. Now, for instance, if I were to put my hand out to you as if I was going to shake your hand, 
That's not an aggressive move. You would let me move my hand halfway to your face in a in, in a non-threatening manner because I'm not moving it non-threat in a non-threatening manner. But if I explode it with my hips and my body is called independent movement, I move my hand independently from my body, but wasn't threatening. But all of a sudden, I explode and bridge the gap and smash you in the face with the with the back knuckle. My hand my hand is already halfway because I'm using my forward side versus my rear side. And uh, uh, so I had someone to get – now, all good all good fighters can learn a lot of these methods and training techniques and principles, and they, but they usually learn them for the, from the best fighters. I mean, the best fighters, the Benny Ortiz, uh, the Jerry Pennington. You can learn, but it will take you a while. It will take you a while to get there. I had some handed to me on a civil platter, so I went from, you know, not being a fighter to being rated in the top five by Black Belt Magazine. Right? So uh, I have to give, and I, I, I hope I, that, that that made a little bit of sense because I'm talking about it over the radio, but uh, it changed my life. It absolutely uh, <laughs> changed my life, and I'm so, so thankful that Joe Lewis, the world champion, uh, took me on as a young uh, black belt and taught me so much. And I, you know, I, I cannot convey uh, how wonderful it was to train with him. I'll pass well, let me convey something, old Jerry. How wonderful yes. it is to have your wisdom on this weekly radio show and to be able to talk and share the little bit of knowledge just did. I, I, I'm going to love when we do our show eventually, and I'm going to do it. We can just talk <laughs> about your five-level method. And, yeah. you know, I think it'll be really fun. But you know what, Jerry? You're a treasure. You know, you remember, oh, you're, 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 a, you're a walking treasure. And we're going to be very excited <clears throat> about honoring you <clears throat> October 6th. And on on that Friday, and we got some special people coming in to say thank you to you, and I would say appreciate what you've done for all of us in the sport, and what you've done as far as being who you are. So thank you so much for being on the Voices. I appreciate it. Thank sir. you. Yes, sir. Have a good evening. Now I want to turn the talking stick over to Wolverine. I want to go get Cousin Eddie. Wolverine, here's the talking stick, buddy. Thank you, sir. Everybody's having a good time on the show. Looking forward to talking to Cousin Eddie. Well... I want to say something to the let me say something to the Wolverine. I know that you know a lot. I know you know most all of what I'm talking about. So I know you would really appreciate me talking about it. So a lot of this is going out for you. Yeah, thank you, sir. Yeah, like I say, I thoroughly enjoy it, and I'm going to, of course, obviously re-listen to it again. 
because you know it's just awesome and 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 I do appreciate everything you say and your knowledge and and you know it just brings back a lot of memories and and good times so I, I really like hearing from you and what you got to say Yes, calm down, calm down, cousin. It's cool. Calm down. All right, all right. We'll bring cousin Eddie on. Okay, here we go. <laughs> hold on, hold on, that Wolverine. I got calming down. Hold on, cousin. Eddie. Just calm down. He gets excited. He gets excited talking to you. So hold on there. Hold on. Whoa. Hey, hey, get over here. Get over here. Get over here. Uh, hey, 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 this Wolverine. Cousin Eddie, this is Wolverine. Hey, tonight we got a good good subject. It's yeah. all these twenty and thirty year olds going into the Hall of Fame. What the hell is going on with that? Well, cousin Eddie, I'll I'll just be the first to tell you, you know, we probably wouldn't be able to talk about this on other platforms, but on Wolverine Nation we can and, and it just boils down to one thing, and that is that's right, the cha-ching, um, which is the money, because ego sells, and, you know, people, these, these kids come in, and obviously they may be super talented, but they've not had enough time to establish their self as a Hall of Famer, you know, up until, unless they've been competing, you know, as as from a, a very young age as a child and then got into those black belt divisions and really accomplished a lot. There's a lot to be said for things that have, that have been accomplished um, that some of them should be receiving some kind of recognition for. But a lot of it is just a lot of these Hall of Fames and places, they just want to get as many uh, tickets sold as they can because the more more inductees they have, the more money they bring in. And if these kids are, you know, if they're, you know, they know they're going to come and they're going to bring friends. So, you know, that, that, that's what, that's why a lot of them happen. Um, you know, and, and some of, not to say that some of them don't deserve it because I know some, uh, 20 year olds and 30 year olds that, that definitely have been, uh, you know, established and really doing something in their career that that some people, you know, other competitors may not ever do at that age. So, you know, if they if they hit mile markers and uh, you know, accomplish su- stuff at a at a certain age group, um, you know, and dominate uh, age group for a while, then yeah, that's that's something to be recognized for. It's the long haul though to see if they keep going. You see a lot of 20 and 30 years old they're really doing good when they're 20 and 30, and then, you know, they let life get in the way, and their martial arts journey kind of trickles down to nothing. So, you know, it just depends on, you know, how long their their, their longevity in the art is, and that's what we want to see uh, later on in the years, what they continue to give back and, you know, what they've done to better the art or push the art forward. Because, you know, some of these kids, they may push the art forward, and, and a lot of the stuff that they do is groundbreaking, you know, and they're they're moving it forward with their ideas, and that's that's good. they got a lot of creativity, and that's what we want to see, but we just want to make sure it's in a positive way, not just in a let-me-sell-tickets-and-fill-seats way. So they need to be very selective uh, when they're putting, you know, 20-year-olds uh, and, and, you know, 20 to 30 year olds in the hall of fames and of what they've accomplished, you know, and it should, it should really be, uh, based on, 
you know, what they've done and, and you know, the arts and, and stuff and, and, and the, the level of the accomplishment, um, you know, in my opinion. Well, well, well Ray, you're so smart. You're so, you're so smart. You're smarter than the average bear, Wolf Ray. <laughs> you are. You're a smart guy. Well, listen, well I hope so because I like bearskin rugs. You know, listen, I want to be smarter than the bears. The professor, the professor says he 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 got to talk to Kier. So I will give the microphone back over to him. Hold on one minute. Roger, Roger that. Hey, hey, Wolverine. I, yes. I I, I, I got to talk about Kier. You know the action arts on film festival. Right. He's on right. the line. Right. Okay. Go right ahead. Yes. Go right Thank ahead. You, You're very Thank welcome. You. Thank you, cousin Eddie. Thank you for reminding me. Here, I will talk to you know, the action. U.S. Action March Art Film Festival is pretty cool. It's not only celebrating 50th anniversary of the movie Bruce Lee's Enter the Dragon. It's bringing in some of the biggest martial arts stars in the business. And this will be in Scottsdale, Arizona, October the 19th through the 22nd. And we're talking about people like Don the Dragon Wilson, Cynthia Rothrock, Ron Hall, Chief Chu Lee, Ron Van Cleef, Eric Lee, Billy Blank, Rick Avery, just to name a few. But you know what? I've got my co-producer on the line with me. They can tell you more. Here, are you there, buddy? Yes, sir. I'm here, Professor Gary. I didn't forget about you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I knew you wouldn't. We're very, we're look, we're we're pleased and and very honored to to be attached to the Sports Karate Museum through your graciousness, and uh, also to have a number of your friends be a part of our upcoming event. Well, I really enjoy Leo and you, and I enjoy anything that's positive. I feel that positive for the community. Now, people can go to our webpage at com, and they can read about what you're doing. But you're kind of filling the gap a little bit to the people who are listening what you're going to do for the Sport Crowd Museum if they buy a well, four-day pass? Well, we are going to donate $50 for every four-day pass that is purchased to the Sports Karate Museum to forward their brilliant efforts in pushing the arts forward and to, uh, you know, main, maintaining a stake for future generations regarding the martial arts. Uh, we have four days of incredible films, panels, and presentations planned for October 19th to the 22nd in Scottsdale, Arizona. Uh, you can go to, of course, you can go to Sports Karate Museum and connect with us there, or you can go to the United States Martial Arts Film Festival, which is USM as in man, A, F as in Fred, F as in Fred, dot com. That's the direct site, and see all the offerings for that weekend. Wow. We're also going to be starting this weekend our podcast, and our first uh, interview will be with Miss Cynthia Rothrock, who you know is a good friend of yours. Yeah. Well, I wish you all the best here 
And I'm looking forward to seeing you in October with your booth at the Super Vendors Show. And no doubt. So give my best to Leo, and I'll see you next week, okay, buddy? Thank you, sir. Always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. Ladies and gentlemen, that's here from the United States Martial Arts Film 